This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! edition of the High Hopes Podcast presented by Miller Lite, official partner of the Philadelphia Phillies. And Jack, I actually learned, I'm 40 years old, you know, maybe according to the history of this podcast, I'm like, you know, 60 or 80 or whatever you would say. But as a 40 year old, you know, you, you don't get every day something that you had no idea was possible, something that just completely went against the laws of what you believe was allowed in the world. Today, at the age of 40, I learned something new, my friend. I learned that the Phillies are allowed to sweep a series in Miami. How about it, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. Um, We'll obviously get into the Phillies draft pick, uh, you know, when we get to it. But it's just like, I can't believe this weekend happened. And, you know... it was first off. It was the first series they'd won in Miami since 2019. Uh, wow. A three game. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, which Jesus. is which is insane. Like, it's not like like we're facing a, a juggernaut Marlins team. It's no, like the Marlins. Um, but you know, when you look at this team and James, you know, you and I, we are 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 two people that we we wear our emotions on our sleeve. You know, I think that's kind of one of those things that makes us us. I'm sure that while you were on the side of 95 for for two hours today, you were very oh, calm. I, yeah, yeah. It was calm, actually cool it was actually collected. Route One in Delaware, on the side of the road for two and a half hours today, Jack Fritz. Not just that. Like, look, there's one thing when you're stuck on the side of the road for two and a half hours when you find out that your car doesn't have a flat, uh, spare tire. So that's on me. I had no idea that my, I didn't think you could pass inspection in Pennsylvania without a spare tire. So awesome. We've had this car for two years and I just found out it didn't have, I got I a flat tire and unlike you, I'm like, all right, time to change this tire. We'll be out of here in 15 to 20 minutes. And then there's no spare tire, Jack Fritz. And there's a difference between hanging out on the side of the road, waiting for a tow truck for two and a half hours by yourself or with your wife. than when you add in the three and a half year old into the equation, that completely changes the whole perspective. So, yeah, it was a good day, buddy. Good day. You know, yeah. thank God so, the Phillies won. I could yeah. not have taken a lot. Thank you, Phillies, for, you know, thank you. Go ahead. I, I'm so, so, um... Oh, by the Let way, me, real quick, real quick. I saved this, by the way, right here. One of these. No lights for Phil's wins. All right, go ahead. Yep. I just want to drink this. So I wanted to get that in before you started talking. So you're good now. Well, I guess I guess here's my thing is that uh, I just want to preface this statement um, by saying that I, I do love you very much. Um, Thanks, but buddy. the But the thought of you on the side of the road <laughs> like for two and a half hours. Oh. With 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 Zoe, who is a seltzer, um, like it just seems like a an experience. Frankly, I would not have wanted to be a part of. Yeah, well, I was trying to model good behavior, Jack. So I actually, you know, I kept it together. I did a good job. I read my book for a while while she was playing on her tablet, and then I played with her when she wanted to play. And 
we got through it, pal. I didn't. Uh, I, in my mind, I was self-combusting, but outwardly, I was I was holding it together like a champ. So while you were sitting there, uh, again for two and a half hours on the side of the road, um, <laughs> were were you thinking to yourself? At least the Phils are beating the Marlins right now. Like, was that was that a minor saving grace in the back of your head of like, you know what, this sucks, but also I could be the Phillies could be losing to the Marlins today. Um, well, but they so didn't. To change. be fair, it was zero zero for the vast majority of the time I was on the side of the highway. So okay, um, so you got started a little. <laughs> but um, yes, yes, I. I but I, yeah, the whole the Phillies winning changed my whole perspective on the day without a doubt. Well, there's nothing quite. I mean, it's it's, I guess, kind of sad, but like, there's nothing that has more of an effect on my day to day, um, you know, happiness than the Phillies winning. So, um, but but I guess I'll say this, you know, they can like every time that you and I we kind of feel like, oh, here we go, or okay, here comes the collapse. Oh, here's where they can't survive without Bryce, and and they can't survive without Gene. Like this, this team continues to just slap us in the face and say, no, it's okay. It, it's okay to believe in us again. And, and frankly, James, like this series is the most proud I've been of this baseball team all year. You know, there has been, there have been important series at other points this year. There has been check mark moments, I would say, but heading down to Miami, a, a house of horrors for you. You are three days away from being off for a week. And yes, the camera caught Alec Bohm again saying we're off for a week now or something like this, which is just, it's just ridiculous. This guy is addicted Never to getting caught. Never talk again, dude. Stop, Alec, just close it. The close the mouth. Yeah, um, or, yeah, or do what like, you know, the pitching coaches do where then, then they go out and they put their, you know, hand over their mouth. Like do something, pal. It is insane. So, um, but, but, but they keep proving to us that they are a different team than years past. And they were three games away in Miami, which we know is a tough place to play, not just because of the, of the, uh, them being bad there in years past, but we know what Miami can be like. It's a party town. We get it. So they, they didn't get caught up in that. They went in there like a professional baseball team should, and they took care of business. And, um, you know, they had, a, they were coming off the, uh, the, the Blue Jays series, which was unwatchable. They're coming off the final two games in, in, in St. Louis. They lost four straight and they came back and they, they swept the Marlins and you head into a week where there's no Phil's baseball, um, feeling good about your team. Like I frankly, 100% believed that they were going to go down to Miami and lose two of three. Even when they beat Sandy on Friday, I was like, they're still going to lose two of three. They beat him. I know, which is ridiculous. Gibby, <laughs> Gibby out dueling yep. Sandy. I think Gibby is, has allowed one run since I said uh, he's not tough enough to, <laughs> to pitch here, which is right. good to see. It feels right. It yep. feels good. I just, listen, you're welcome, um, first of all. So, um, you know, yesterday's having an absolute laugher down there. I mean, James, uh, 22 – like actually, I guess it's probably up to like twenty three straight scoreless innings for this pitching staff. Like, wow, what yeah. are we watching right now? I mean, we headed we headed into the season thinking, okay, the offense is gonna put up eight to ten runs a game. Well, obviously that wasn't realistic, but like they're gonna score eight runs because the defense and the pitching is gonna allow six. And it's just wild that we are now more than halfway through the season. We're heading into the All Star break. The pitching's the best part of this team, James. And honestly, like they have. 
good upside there. Ranger getting back to, to form on Saturday was massive when you're evaluating this team heading into the second half. Um, the defense, like I frankly don't think has killed this team. The one thing they need to get going is the offense. And that's just not what we expected heading into the, uh, heading into the season. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, it's putting it lightly. The season is definitely not played out the way we expected it to. And look, I, I think you made great points in there. I think, uh, this is absolutely the look. It wasn't the you know biggest game in terms of you know going up against a great opponent or a show me series or whatever. But if for you would think, but as Phillies fans, we know that going into Miami is as hard a series as you can, like it's the last place we want to go as Phillies fans for the last whatever amount of years. And coming off the the crazy to say it, but the longest losing streak in the Rob Thompson era. And to your point that not just the series, but that last game in Toronto where you literally flat out just mailed in that game, the one of the more embarrassing games of the season, really. So, you know, I think it, it mattered. It mattered to see this team show up in Miami and win these games and not just take two or three, but to sweep the series six games above 500. It's almost like the four game losing streak never happened. And, you know, they keep winning games without Harper. You know, they're like four games above 500 without Bryce Harper, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, I don't think there's a single Phillies fan who at least on some level, we all talked ourselves into the Braves lost to Cunha and this and that and whatever. But, you know, every one of us definitely felt at least on some level, uh, you know, this this could be it. This could be this could be too much. But so far they've really battled him, you know, like we talked about, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about more until he makes those moves. But Dombrowski needs to make moves and he needs to make them now to help this team, especially offensively, to your point. You know, I think that is somehow we both thought starting pitcher was the biggest need, and I still think that's an important thing to target, especially if we're talking about setting up a team to be ready to, to really win in the playoffs or be a team that, you know, is like the Braves last year and makes a run, gets out at the right time. Like if you get a, another starter that you can put with Nolan Wheeler and really trust, you know, it really kind of transforms how dangerous your team can be in October. But just right now in terms of, of staying above water and in terms of staying in this race, you know, the schedule helps, but you know, they really need to add a bat. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's come around. Um, and to, you know, to your point, I'm happy that, you know, one member of this podcast never doubted them. And there was one member of this podcast who didn't, you know, bail when he thought Alec Bone might be hurt for a while or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, you see tweeting, oh, never doubted this team. I don't know. I, 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 I've heard sometimes. Well, so. well, I mean, to be fair, if we're, if we're uh, starting to throw shade right now, which I am always a big fan <laughs> of. Yeah, it's your um, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I would like to point out that uh, you, I don't know if you're paying attention to that podcast, James, but um, that mood changed within 15 minutes of the podcast. So, you know. Yeah, so you should we, get a we, mulligan, so to speak, well, for that. Yeah, we flipped. And also, I have to wait 70 minutes. You flipped. I was fine. I have to wait seventy picks to uh, for the next for the Phil's next draft pick. Thanks to your boy. I knew I was waiting. I can't, how long are we in? We're like ten minutes ten minutes into the pot or whatever. I'm shocked it took this long for that 
not to come. Honestly, I thought that would be the very first thing out of your hey mouth. Hey, man. Tonight. Hey, man. It's okay. He's got a seven-game hitting streak of all yeah. weekly hit singles. It, by the way, by the way, everyone on Twitter, when I tweet stuff about how Nick Castellanos is killing my soul or whatever I tweet, like, you don't need to tell me as the most hits on the team, all right? That does absolutely nothing for me. It's like, it's like, oh, well, he does have the most hits on the team this year. It's like, honestly, we don't curse in this spot. Go bleep yourself, all right? That's what I think when I see that. Like, have you watched him play a game this year? Are you freaking serious? Like, well, he's got a lot of hits. Screw off. I'm sorry. I like you if you're a fan and you, you wrote that at me, but like, come on, man. Come on, man. Let's be honest with each other. All right. Uh, I agree with the tweeters, honestly. I think I, th- I think they make a lot of sense. I think they make a lot of sense. I've been really inspired by having the most hits on the team, by being Nick Cassianos. A lot of impactful hits, a lot of powerful uh, uh, gapping doubles. It's been what a fir- what a first half for for old Casty. <laughs> Is there any more misleading stat on the planet? All right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot in baseball that people seem to talk themselves into. Um, you know, like JT's WAR being the second best amongst catchers. Yeah, he had a good weekend though. At least. No, JT- listen. He, yeah. he when he gets a few days off. Um, I guess he's okay. Honestly, is that not is it was JT's weekend not the best example of why like Garrett Stubbs should play at least two times a week? Just to I'm make so sure with you, JT's dude. JT's healthy. Yeah, I'm with you, especially if you're you're trying to keep him healthy for the long run, and because Stubbs has shown that you know, obviously he was not going to be a uh, you know thousand OPS guy all year uh, as that is leveled out. But he's a very serviceable backup, especially you know offensively. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's talk some uh, a little bit about the series because. I know that you would like. This is supposed to be a good vibes pod. We're both on vacation after this. You're going to a yurt tomorrow. I'm going to see Top Gun Maverick tomorrow. Finally, super excited! Oh about wow, that. what a vacation! Yes, buddy, I can't wait. Um, and then you know you don't have to fish. go on vacation to go see a Top Gun Maverick. I'm going like, to see just... fish later this week. It's going to be good, buddy. It's going to be good, pal. Well, the the good part about that, James, is that um, it's going to be, what, your first time seeing fish? Yeah, all right. Yes, yes. First time. Yep. (laughs) You just don't get it, all right? You can see them 150 times and never see a show. Oh, they're going to play a different song. Maybe maybe they should play the hits one time. Oh, wait, there is none. Should we just talk about how devastated you are about Justin Crawford, or do you want me to prolong that a little bit like I was going to do? All right, you know? Oh, that's adorable. You think I'm still devastated? You don't think I've talked myself into him being a future gold glover by now or what? Uh, I mean, he is going to steal. He's bringing back the steal. He's going to steal 100 bases. It hasn't happened since, you know, Ricky and Vince Coleman and stuff. So get ready. Um, All right. Uh, Pitching this weekend. You talked about how good it was in general. I mean, Nola was awesome today. Uh, Ranger was only five innings, but a really nice outing. Gibby was, you know, really dueling right there with Alcantara. Um, can this, like we've talked a lot about starting pitcher being in need. And, you know, I do think we both, agree, I, I'm speaking for you, but I do think bat has really risen up both our rankings in terms of, of need. Um, but do you think they can get by without adding another starting pitcher? Is this like, do you kind of have a little more faith in some of these guys and, you know, Eflin's knee still hurting. We don't really know what's going to happen with that, but where are you at with the starting pitcher spot in general and how big a need it is going into the deadline kind of time period? 
Honestly, it, it has surpassed a, a bat for me. It, it really has. So there. Um, All right, good. Yeah, honestly, it's close for me, but I, I think a bat has probably surpassed it with recent you know time. Yeah, I, I get it. I guess maybe I'm more hopeful, um, you know, in, in Gene coming back and being good, um, and I do have hope that Bryce comes back. It's just I don't think the starting staff can survive. Uh, you know, I think it's it's definitely been good, and it's something that is, is good to see. The, the Gibson resurgence since uh, the call out on the podcast has been it's been something to see um, and, and really Ranger you know people have been been down on Ranger it feels like a, a big part of this year there's a lot of talk I guess of ah you gotta you know put him back in the bullpen and make him a long man and all of that stuff um, which like I get because it, it wasn't it wasn't the Ranger that we had saw um, obviously last year which was an insane version of Ranger Suarez. Um, but I think he is figuring out now how to, how to pitch to contact. He's not really getting obviously, um, whiffs like he was last year. He's not getting as many strikeouts, but I mean, his last seven games, he's pitching to a three, three, five ERA, which like, we'll take that every day of the week. Um, and even his last start before he went on the IL, he allowed four earned against the, the Braves. I didn't think that was like a disaster start. So, you know, I think Ranger, um, is going to be more good than bad. I don't. I don't think he's going to blow up. I don't think Gibson. I, I. I still can't get a read on. You know. I think it's just going to be. You pray he allows less than four runs, and on most nights he will, and on some nights he won't. Um, and he then battles Eklund, Jack. He oh, battles. just a grinder. Oh, when I think he of grinder, yep. Battles. Uh, um, but then and the ball to Gibby. You know, you're going to yep. get a guy who's going to go out uh. there. And give you everything he's got in him, Jack. Until runners get on base, and then that doesn't happen. Um, but with Eflin, like, man, I genuinely mean this. Like, I I really love Zach Eflin. I, I love the person. I like when he's healthy. Um, I like the pitcher. Because I, I think there's legitimate number three upside when I watch Zach Eflin. Like, it's 95 with run. It's it's a, a slider. It's a curveball that's gotten better. It's a, it's a developing changeup. Like, I think the guy's a good pitcher. But it's every year. Like, it, it's every year with the with the knee injury. Um, and this is obviously what happened last year. He had to get pretty major knee surgery, like he's described after games. Um, and, and that's acting up again. So... I, I I honestly, if I'm Dave Dombrowski, I can't walk into the second half feeling confident in Zach Eflin pitching again. Like I, I really can't. You know, I can't expect him to go back out there. So I have to operate as if Zach Eflin's not going to be good to go. And if he's not good to go, then you're relying on the Bailey Falters, Chris Sanchez's of the world. And for as much as I like Bailey Falter, he's never put together the big league level. I thought he would be better um, at AAA. He seems to like not walk anyone and be really good. And then as soon as he gets to the big league mound, uh, the exact opposite happens. So, you know, if I know Dave Dombrowski, like I think I know Dave Dombrowski, I think starters can be at the top of his wish list. And, you know, I, uh, a guy like Frankie Montas, like the A's have a lot of things that this team needs. And I just, I haven't heard any of this, but I just, I keep coming back to the Montas Loriano. Trevino, um, go back to it. Let's do well, it. Well, Trevino, dude, Trevino's been so bad this year. Well, but he's he's actually been good for like uh, the last month or so. He he's back in the closer role. He was horrendous. He got hurt, came back, struggled a bit, and has put it together. I, I trust me, I know this because he's on my fantasy team uh, because I picked him back up. But he's actually been he's been putting it together. I actually had the save today, Trevino. Yeah, I guess like so I you can kind of at- maybe get him a little cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if if, 
if you wanted. Um, so yeah, I mean, sure, I would definitely take well, him. That as, like, was a, the a, old trade that we always talked about. Like those are the three guys. It would be hilarious if they actually did that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it it really does fix a lot of this team's needs, you know, and especially if you don't know when Bryce is coming back, you get Loriano uh, in center field. You have Veerling move him to right. You let Cassianos be the DH. You get a number three in Montas. It's a really super high end number three. And you get another bullpen option in Lutrevino. So um, it, it's kind of a trade that makes all sense. You just have to be willing to, to part with, I would think, one of oh, the. Oh, Hoppy for sure. Someone like well, that. Oh, Hoppy, uh, maybe even Rojas, you know. Um, I don't I don't know that. Um, you have to, and, and possibly one of Abel Painter or Griff. And I think of any of those guys, I think Abel will be the one. It would be a possibility in that situation. Um, but it just, it just, that's the trade that I keep coming back to. If I was Dave Dombrowski, it's like, okay, this fixes a lot of our needs in, in, in one fell swoop. All right. Um, and I agree with you. I think, I do think that, you know, if I really truly had to choose, you know, you can only have one. I do think I would take a starting pitcher because I think that the high end benefits at the end, uh, you know, outweigh, the you know the idea that if you can get to October with this group, especially with Bryce and Gene theoretically coming back to help down the stretch for at least some portion of time, that getting a starting pitcher changes the upside of of the playoff team so much more. You know, having that third guy who you really trust. I mean, because you know, do we trust Ranger? Or get, I mean, the Ranger, like you said, Ranger's been better, but right now, do I trust Ranger Suarez or Kyle Gibson to start a playoff game? I don't like, I just, I wouldn't feel good about it. And one of those two guys would absolutely have to, if that's the way it played out. And, you know, I'd much rather Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo or whoever you want to say, you know, and I know Castillo will probably cost a lot and, and all that, but, um, you know, I'd rather have a guy like that starting that game. So I think ultimately the upside of a starting pitcher trade is probably the best thing for this team. Um, I have an important question for you sticking with pitching before we get to anything, you have on the offensive side of things before take bag and the draft and, you know, all the stuff we got to get to. Um, but I have an important question that I was thinking about today for obvious reasons, because we watched him. Um, are you at the point? Have you reached it? And if not, how far are you from the point of fully trusting Jose Alvarado again? Um, you know what's funny is I had written down take back on a scale of one to ten. How much are we trusting, dude? Jose I mean, Alvarado. like for the first time today, and when he took the hill, like I actually was like, oh, he's got it, and I have not felt that in a while. And I've been impressed with him for a while lately, but like g- instinctually, gut wise, and I don't know if I if I if my brain will let me fully trust him. Like I don't know that I do, for sure. But today when he came in, I was like, it'll be all right. I don't know. Frankly, you couldn't, you know, I don't, I don't know how you couldn't be like, okay, I, th- I think Jose has got us. Um, like it, it's just insane. The run that he's been on since they brought him back up. Um, you know, it's been, uh, he's obviously gone to the cutter approach first, which I think is, uh, is a really interesting change. Um, because I didn't think he could throw the, the 101 mile an hour, like turbo sinker for a strike consistently. I didn't think that was something that was in his, uh, in his repertoire, but, um, you know, he's got a – like, he has a 138 ERA since he's came back up. 
Like uh, I think that's... he has like like thirty seven strikeouts in twenty innings or something like that. Uh, or like uh, not twenty innings. Well, no, he has he uh, has twenty he has twenty three and thirteen innings pitch. That's what it is. Thank like you. yeah, it's like Jose Alvarado has gone from unpitchable to one of the better relievers in the sport by one send down to the minor leagues and what could have been like a wake up call. You know, same kind of thing happened with Brogdon early in the year where it was like. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to just be uh, a guy that is here, or do you want to be a, a difference maker? And in Jose Alvarado's case, like he's gone to a, a cutter first approach, which, like again, I've, I've never quite seen a ninety-five mile an hour cutter that moves like a slider. But here we are. Um, and then you have the fastball working off that. It's it's ridiculous right now, and he's getting some dumb swinging misses too, which which is which is fun. Um, and Again, I don't totally know what the the big change was besides flipping to a cutter first, but all of a sudden he's throwing strikes. All of a sudden I trust him. All of a sudden I'm not terrified when he comes into games. I'm just like, okay, Jose's got us. Like this is this is not gonna blow up in our faces. And I didn't think I would ever get there with Jose Alvarado. I think I'm at an eight, James. I think I'm an eight of the one to ten trust level in Jose Alvarado, which is a point I never thought I'd be at. Yeah, if you had asked me, I probably would have said somewhere between seven, eight, like seven point three, seven point five, something like that. So, yeah, uh, of course we never thought we'd be there. He was like at a, he was a one, you know. I mean, he was, he was. I don't think there's a there was a portion there, a long portion where I don't think there's a single Phillies fan who felt good when he came into a game. Um, all right, we'll get to the take bag and any you know offensive thoughts you had or anything you wanted to say about that. Just throw in the take bag uh, for over the weekend, but. First, again, shout out to Miller Lite. Miller Lite's for Phil's wins. Crushing it. Hold on. Sip Miller Lite real quick. Mm-hmm. There you go. Boom. Um, I shout wish out. I could cut that audio of you I taking know. the gulp there. I, I really did. I really I did. I'll put, that, I I'll put that on my drop board very fast. I'll bet you would, buddy. I'll bet you would. All right. Uh, restaurant of the week. Shout out to the Miller Lite Restaurant of the Week. The High Hopes Restaurant of the Week. Les and Doreen's Happy Tap in Fishtown as uh, Les and Doreen's is uh, an awesome neighborhood bar right in the heart of Fishtown with bingo on Wednesday night. Fritz, a big bingo guy. Karaoke on Saturday and $2 Miller Lite pints for all Phillies games. You can register to win. Get this, a $50 gift card to Les and Doreen's. Go to the contest page on 94wip.com. Reminder, we also have a $25 gift card to Jack's Tap Room in Pennsport, also on the contest page at 94wip.com. Again, Miller Time, uh, Miller Light is the best. Celebrate responsibly. And Jack, again, reminder, you know, because we are, are both going on vacation after this pub, but we'll be back, you know, next Sunday or whatever um, when we're both back and, and heading back to work. But soon after that, the upcoming Thursday after that, July the 28th at 7 p.m. Come hang out with us. It's our first High Hopes Phillies watch party, courtesy of Miller Lite at Timeout Sports Bar in Skipback, PA, of Skipback Pike. Join us. See the Phils take on the Pirates, which they better win. We'll be enjoying $3 Miller Lite specials and special appearance from a Phillies alum. So stay tuned for more details going to be great to see who that Phillies alum is and see how Fritz we, we reacts around confirm, it's going to be great yeah we can't confirm if if it's David Bell or not but oh, it would be really please. on brand if it, it was would David be Bell. so good I'm I'm 
everything I have in my, you know, prayer or whatever. I'm not a big prayer guy, Jack, but but everything that I have in that, you know, reserve in my body or in, in my soul, I'm I'm putting into that hope that it's David Bell. It's yeah, I mean, he would have to be fired within the next, uh, you know, <laughs> like. Oh, today. yeah. So probably yeah. not going to be David Bell. What a shame. We'll have to be what fired in the next seven yeah. days, I would say. Well, then um, that's good because it'll be someone who Jack is going to be very awkwardly, you know, excited to meet. So come watch that. Uh, that'll be good. Um, so, and we get to hang out with us, which is, you know, really the win. So, and again, Lesson Doreen's, check it out. All right, Fritzy, uh, take bag, do your thing, buddy. All right, well, let's start with Justin Crawford. Um, oh, we're still. Oh, I thought it was going to be its own thing. I like this. All right. No, so, we'll yeah. do. So we'll just, go. We'll go like Justin this. Crawford and then take back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Then also very. Then we're going draft real quick. Interesting that both the first two picks, uh, f- picks of uh, former players. You know, a good player. I mean, Matt Holiday's kid goes one. Uh, who was it? Number two. When Drew uh, Jones. Drew Jones, Andrew Jones's kid, and then you know obviously Justin Crawford, Carl Crawford's kid. So the pedigree guys are going. Um, yeah, Jack, just for those wondering, Jack was not happy initially, but it seems like, you know, in classic Fritz fashion, he's he's come around. Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, well, I guess like, well, here's, <laughs> a, I guess, all right, here's my thing, is that um, I watched him back in the, in the fall, I guess, like last fall or around Christmas. And it was at one of the, the perfect game showcases down at, at the trop in, uh, in, in Florida. And <laughs> I watched him hit and I was, and he like, hit a ball at the middle and I was like, eh, not interested. And like, <laughs> frankly, quite arbitrary. Like, well, frankly, I just, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention. Like I, I didn't pay attention after that. Like I was just like, oh, okay, well that's not a, that's not a hitter I'd be particularly interested in. So, um, here's my thing. I don't like, I don't love that the first tool is speed. You know, that feels very, that feels very like pre Brian Barber slash pre Almarez Philly Philly's uh draft where it's like, let's just take a super toolsy guy and, and see what happens. Um, on the other hand, like, I, I think Brian Barber is unbelievable at his job. And I think he's someone that we should have a lot of trust in. So yeah, even though I'm not a big fan of him, um, I think Brian Barber being a big fan matters way more, obviously. Um, it's just that his swing looks like his dad's like, it really does. Like it's the same kind of swing. It's just like, you know, just kind of throws his hands at the ball. Um, apparently he hit, hit for more power this week. Or or, uh, or this spring, um, and I guess if you are looking at the floor, is that you're getting an elite defensive center fielder with who is really really fast. Scouts say he has good bat to ball skills, which is good. You want good bat to ball skills when you're evaluating players, especially at a high school level. I mean, he did bat 500 um, at Bishop Gorman out in Las Vegas, which is one of the better high school programs in the country. Um, it's, it's it's just not the most you know pretty swing, but I mean Carl Crawford also didn't have the most pretty spring, and he was he was a good player. The other thing is that um, like I just can't wrap my head around that he was four years old when the Phillies won the World Series. Um, <laughs> like that's just a, a weird thing to think about. Um, 
So that's something. And it's just for the first time, James, I know that you have felt this many times because you are an elderly person, but um, <laughs> I felt old, you know? Oh, welcome to the club, pal. Well, it's like yeah. Jackson Holiday's going. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Jackson Holiday to me look like he's eight years old. That's how young he looks to me. God, that kid looks so young. All these kids look so young. To make you feel less old, Jack, that's all I think about watching this draft as it's on in, in the background for me now. And like every kid that gets drafted, I'm like, man, you look so yep. young. It is crazy. Like yeah. you make me think of my daughter more than a friend or something. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, Jackson Holiday goes one. Drew Jones goes two. Um, um, Elijah Green goes five. His dad played in, in the league. NFL, um, right? In the yeah, NFL. Dad, yeah. And and then it's Justin Crawford. Um and Cam Collier who went after like honestly, there's a part of me that's like hurting because I loved Cam Collier and I wanted the Phillies to draft him. Um but I guess if it's a saving grace for anyone out there, I wasn't a huge fan of Andrew Painter and now he's That's done. what I was gonna say. Yes. So like I, gonna and, say, and honestly, I trust Brian Barber more than you, no offense. Which is good. And honestly, like, here's what I'll say is that I wasn't a huge fan of the player, but like, obviously rooting like heck that he turns into uh, a a surefire all-star player from the center field position. Um, You know, they drafted JP back in 2013, not Carl's son, but Carl's uh, nephew. Nephew, yeah. Um, So they had that. They have Justin. It's I I like betting on um, players that have – uh, you know, dad pedigree, I guess, in a Me way. Me too. Me like, too. It's just, like, when you look at the Blue Jays and you look at some of these teams, it's like these kids just grow up in a different uh, world than, than most draft prospects. You know, they are around the game. I mean, you know that Justin Crawford has been in big league clubhouses almost his entire life. You know, yep. I, mean, Car- I think that stuff matters. Like in basketball, you see with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, all these guys, I think that stuff matters. 100%. So I think that's something to be positive on. I, guess, I like, like that you big... went rooting like heck, by the way, too. Well, because I, because I, I don't root. I'm thing. rooting like heck for him. I know, like Rudy, like like we're watching yeah. Rudy. Um, because yeah. uh, not well, something I expected to hear you say. It doesn't sound very Fritzian. Well, no, it's just like I don't want people to think like I don't want like, people. To think oh, like, oh, hamburgers! I hope he's okay. Well, I just I again, I hope people. I don't want people to think like I'm. I, I like I'm just. I'm out or whatever. Like, I hope he's great. I just, when I watched him, frankly, I wasn't a huge fan. Um, now a lot of people were, I mean, I think he was up to 13, um, on MLB pipelines, top 100 prospects. Uh, some guys I really, really respect in the business had him going 17. So it seems like it was the right spot for him. I wasn't a huge fan of the hit tool. Um, I think at worst case scenario, you have a elite defensive center fielder that can run a lot. Kind of like Victor Robles, kind of like Christian Pache, except from the left side. And you just A- hope that the power. 80 speed, 80 speed. That's something. I I know. I just I don't like I don't like speed. I'm not being I'm not defending one. it. I'm just I'm just saying 80 speed is something. I mean Roman yeah. Quinn is 80 speed, so you know I get it. Right. Yeah. So I don't like speed being the main tool. Um. But whatever. I like that he has MLB uh, uh, roots. I like that uh, he's super athletic. It's honestly, it's it's a bet on upside. And as a, as a person, as a, as a fan, I love the idea of betting on upside because 
I think that's how you get steals at 17 when you're not picking in a top five. Um, and, you know, there's more surefire superstar talent upside. So, listen, uh, I'm excited to see his development. I can't lie to you and say I was a huge fan when I, when I watched him. Um, I look forward to when this podcast is over, reading every single possible thing I can and watching every single piece of video I can on Justin Crawford. And I will promise you, by the next time we do this podcast and I am in the woods in Virginia thinking only about Justin Crawford, uh, that the next time we record one of these, uh, I will be more all in. I don't think there is a single person listening who doubts that. And look, you know, you hope that, you know, we believe that the Phillies have improved their development staff, you know, that the group they have is good now. So, you know, this kid looks like he's got some abilities. Let's develop him, right? Um, All right. uh, Take bag, Fritz. All right. Nope. There we go. All right. Um, So, take bag. Uh, I was down in Wildwood this weekend. And tell you what. There was just as many Phil's flags as Eagle's flags, um, which made me very happy. Made me very happy. Um, seems like the city's getting behind him. Honestly, there's a little part of me that... Uh, oh, and James, when we got to the beach today, Ooh. we sat down and I could hear the game from like the group over um, playing on their loudspeaker, which uh, you know, oh, made me melt a little bit. Oh, uh, buddy. I know. I know. Love, I'm the, Love it. I, I almost wanted to walk over and like hang out with them, but I was like, eh, you know, that's a little weird. I know <laughs> you. You wanted to go over and be like, hey, um, hey, do you guys know who I am? <laughs> yes, that's you exactly guys what I listen to, to WFB, Big Phillies fans. Huh? Yep. Ever heard of the High House podcast? But <laughs> um, been an uptick in Phil stuff, and like every time I see Phillies gear around town, I get very, very excited. Although the other day. I was running in town here in Westchester and there was a guy who was like walking with like a big Phil shirt on and I gave him like, I don't don't ever do this by the way, but it was after like a big win and I gave him the like, yeah, how about those Phil's? And then he didn't give me anything back. And I was like, you know what? That's exactly why I never do this. That's why why (laughs) I never show any emotion in public because of moments like this. So uh, I hope that guy is a listener to this podcast and he knows that I will never do that ever, ever again because I do do not get embarrassed. That's tough, buddy. I know. Um, On a scale of one to 10, James, how close do you believe Alec Bohm is to being the rookie Alec Bohm that we saw a couple years ago. All right, great is this question. A, is this a better version of the twenty uh, the twenty twenty Alec Bohm? Great question. Uh, first of all, I want to say that it's a good thing we got the Alvarado thing out of the way earlier because if you'd give me two one to ten scales in the take bag, little hacky. So I think you dodged a bullet there. I just want to get that out of the way. Did you just like almost call me a hack? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I I said you weren't. You got lucky and and it didn't end up happening. Just well, I would hope that you would trust my radio instincts that I wouldn't give you two. If if well, this happened to be the case, I don't know. Who knows? That I wouldn't have given you two one to ten scales. All I can assume is you said you were going to ask in the take bag of one to ten for Alvarado. So I don't know. Um, all right, uh, I would say five. 
I'm not quite there yet. Oh, you are such a hater, dude. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I think he's going, look, he bet at 348 or whatever, 343 or whatever, dude, or 338 or whatever it was. Like, he was pretty damn good. I do think, look, he's lifted the ball like we talked about lately, but it still has not been enough to say that he's you know, turned a corner with that. But I'm really excited. You know, he's been awesome for like 20 games or whatever it is, and that's exciting, and I think he's on his way back to that. But, you know, what are you? You're, you're He's there. You're set. It's good. I think he looks better than he did during his rookie uh, year. Oh, yeah, I mean, buddy. it's. It's harder contact. It's the balls in the air more. It's more impactful. I mean, to be fair, it's really only been like two weeks um, of it really looking different. But I think this is the best he's looked in a obviously since his rookie year. But I think this version of Alec Bohm is like what we were kind of expecting. I still want to see the ball in the air more, but um, I think this version of Alec Bohm is a is a almost a difference maker in the lineup. So I think I actually like this version more than I like the rookie of the year version or, you know, runner up to rookie of the year. Um, because I, you know, still, still kind of slappy. Um, James, Mad Veerling is just very, very important to me. I don't really have any other take than that. Um, it's just consistently makes winning plays. Um, can play all over the diamond now and just consistently seems to make or have big hits when his team needs it. You know, like when people talk about, oh, the bottom of the lineup, this, oh, the bottom of the lineup, that. It's like, yeah, but I feel pretty confident when Matt Verling is coming up that he's going to put together a good at bat. Yeah, we talked about, like, you know, that maybe he's one of the heartbeat slower guys, you know, in the in spots where it matters. And I think that, you know, ultimately they need to figure out the center field thing. And you never know down the road if he's the, the guy. But I think more likely he just – he provides so much value if he's someone who could be your, you know, play him anywhere guy when you need him. Like him as like the first guy off the bench, essentially, or that, you know, will pl- end up playing starting three days a week because of all the position he plays. But he could play third for you. He could play second for you. He could play, you know, any of the outfield positions for you. I mean, that's such a valuable piece to have on your roster throughout the grind of a baseball season. So, you know, I think that he's headed for, you know, the potential of a really nice career and a really interesting career and a really be a really valuable player for the Phillies. But I think he's, you know, best served being able to really branch, you know, head in that direction of the versatility and the multiplicity than, you know, maybe being the starting center fielder. And and now I would start him over what they have now. But, you know, ideally they get someone in a trade who's better. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we're seeing the makings of a future winning player on yeah, a very good Phillies team. Absolutely, yeah, um, like we always say, good players have good teams have those kinds of players. Yeah, um, it, it drives me nuts that they chose to to keep Familia here over Mark Appel. Me like, too, dude. It me too. It drives me crazy. Appel's better. He's just a better pitcher. And like I, I, I don't care about what what Familia has done in the past. Like I've watched that guy this year. I couldn't hate when he comes into games more. I, I really can't. And I know Appel hasn't really been tasked with, um, you know, high leverage innings. But every time I watch him pitch, I'm like, that's a heavy fastball. Seems he has good feel for a slider. Um, you know, he's obviously a former starter, former number one overall pick. I, I have more confidence in his ability to throw strikes. So, um, the, the familiar thing just drives me nuts, man. I, I understand he paid him, but at this point, like 
we have a, a division to hopefully compete for and a wild card to make. We, we can't keep pitch, pitching uh, Familia. Yeah, there, it's a sunk cost. You know, you paid him. It is what it is. It's over. Play the best players. You know, it doesn't matter what you paid him. It's a one-year deal. He's going to be gone. Like, just pitch the best pitchers. Uh, um, and look, Pell hasn't had a ton of high leverage, but he did pitch in that tight Toronto game, pitched three good innings. You know, if no offense to Kyle Schwarber, I love the dude, but, you know, an a, a, a average and certainly good left fielder makes that catch, and, you know, Pell probably gets out of that with three innings pitched, not, no runs. You know, I, I, I think and Appel's a good and he works super fast. I like watching him. I, uh, he's so much better than, than familiar. I'm so with you. It's, it's again, it doesn't matter that you paid him. It's over. It's gone. It's done. Move on. Sunk cost. Now I know that you and I are both out on Familia, um, which is, I think how a lot of people feel, uh, Phil's bullpen ARA in July is 1.7. So yeah, that's pretty nice. Pretty and it's just crazy because like, if you ask me my trust level, in every single person in the bullpen now that Brogdon and JoJo are back. I mean, you're looking at a bullpen right now. This isn't in any order. This is just throwing it out there. But Alvarado, Hand, Sir Anthony, Knable, Bilotti, Nick Nelson, Connor Brogdon, JoJo Romero, and then like Familia is the big question mark. But everyone else in that bullpen, I feel pretty good about. Like it's it's wild to feel any kind of confidence in the Phillies bullpen. But before the year, I was like, they're either going to be top 10 or bottom two or, or bottom 10. And they're trending close to the top seven, eight ish with like not the most overwhelming talent. It's not like the Dodgers bullpen or the Rays bullpen or the Yankees bullpen or those traditional powers when it comes to, to building great pens. It's like, Nick Nelson found for nothing. Connor Brogdon, JoJo back. Bilotti, like, again, Bilotti? Um, Knable rounding back to the core of Knable who's all years past. Brad Hand, who I, I, I physically can't believe is this good, being this good. And and Sir Anthony being back to 99. And, and Jose Alvarado. It's wild. But I think this bullpen's good, James. And I, I don't – I love the, the – uh, is it acronym? Is that the right word that they came up for, um, you know, for their whole pitching staff, which is P-H-A-H, with a, which is bleep all hitters, except starting with a P-H. And nice. you watch these guys. Yeah, and that is an acronym. Yes, that's good. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Um, but that's ridiculous. And um, credit to these guys, credit to the pitching staff for, for or the, the coaching staff for having these guys use their pitches that are nasty more often, like a Bilotti who was now throwing a slider way, way, way more often because it's disgusting. So um, there's really only one massive question mark in the bullpen every single night, James. And I can't believe we're sitting here talking about a Phillies bullpen in that way. Yeah, it really is crazy. And look, you know, sample size, it has not been a super long stretch, but to your point, I think, you know, there are reasons to believe in a lot of these guys. So um, yeah, it's exciting. And look, I, I think they should still be open to trading for a relief pitcher, but you know, I definitely think we, and I think most would agree, you know, if you would, if we had done this, you know, I think for most Phillies fans, not for us, but you know, a month ago, month and a half ago, you know, really people would say bullpen, probably the number one biggest need. And now I think it's clear starting pitcher and batter or hitter are clearly ahead of, of relief pitcher. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, 
do we trust it 100% being locked down? No, I, I think that's... Um, well, that a, a would be foolish. foolish. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a foolish way to look at it. But the fact that these guys are, are having the, the, the output they are um, for, again, not much invested in them, I think is, is, is awesome. So, um, you know, good to see James, when was the last time that we've seen like this many goodish winning kind of play fringe players on a Phillies team? Like it, it feels way back to the Pat Gillick era. And I just want to give as much credit as we possibly can. Cause I, I did, I can't, I don't have like a hundred percent lockdown on this, but, um, I mean, this feels like a bunch of Ani decisions that Ooh, have come back. I love and, it. So let's just give it to Ani. I'm in on just giving the credit to Ani. Well, I mean, I'm think in. about it, man. Jairo Munoz, nothing. Like, was was found off, uh, you know, Cardinals got rid of him, whatever. Hits a big homer today. Bilotti. Bilotti. Johan Camargo. Garrett Stubbs. Like, Nick Nelson. Um, like, they just found these fringe guys that they just haven't had in years past, you know, in years past when guys got hurt, like they had no one that was able to step up and, and fill the void. But like, you can't convince me that the second that Ani gets here, all of a sudden they, they figure out fringe players like, like the giants do like the Rays yeah, like do. The Ray. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And, and, and not tell me that Ani has, has a it's lot a great, to do with that. It's a good, it's good deductive reasoning by you right there. Yeah, so like uh, I'm really, for as much as we're excited about this team's grit, this team's ability to bounce back after big injuries, the the Brian Barber aspect of of trusting him with the drafts and thinking he's going to do a good job. I mean, just the fact that they have a guy like Ani to go along with a Dave Dombrowski who we know gets the owner to spend money and and we think is a is a is a smart baseball guy. There's a a good formula being formed here. Um, to where I don't think this is a, a one-year fluke, to where I think that they're only going to get better at, at a lot of these things. So, you know, I'm just glad that we sit here on July 17th, heading into the All-Star break, feeling like this is the beginning of what could be a good run of Phillies baseball here, rather than like the, ah, eh, you know, I know they're playing well right now, but I don't really believe it kind of thing. It's hard not to continue to believe it, and going down to Miami and sweeping them, a place that you haven't been able to win at in what feels like forever, you know, 19 to 11, the, the, um, the um, Starling Marte double uh, off of Workman, like all the pain that that place has brought us the last couple of years. To go down there it, when you were kind of limping into there, uh, we know they're about to have a week off to be able to focus and lock in and, and have one laugher in there. I mean, just massive, massive stuff. So um, shout out to the Phils. It's been a good first half. James, you and I, uh, we're going to have a nice little bit of a, an off week here. Uh, I'll, be in, uh, well learned, I'll be in Virginia. Well I'll be in Virginia. Um, hopefully, well, I don't know what my service is going to be like, but whatever. I'm all good. Um, you are going to be watching a movie and oh yeah uh, and going to and see fish and seeing yeah, fish for the buddy. first time so i'm really yes. excited that you can go see fish for the first time yeah all right a uh, couple things before we get out of here um first and foremost uh, i have to quickly address your just absolute slander on the top five and five where you apparently said that 
that you you put me on the map. I would just like the the record to show that I got you your job at WIP. So I just want that to be remember, like that that that's out there that I'm the one who walked into Spike Afton's office one day and said, "Hey man, I got a guy. Who was that guy? It was Jack Fritz." So for the record, just so it's out there, just to, you know, sometimes I got to pull you in a little bit, Jack. You know what I'm saying? Well, much like number one in Stranger Things, um, you... <laughs> you comparing me to Vecna? <laughs> no, I'm Vecna. Oh, even better. Good. <laughs> yep. Yep. I opened up the Upside Down and been uh, going right through. And as I'm sure you well know... Yeah. That whole top five was done with a big wry smile because <laughs> I just I knew you were sitting there just doing like you waited three days to to bring this up um, and I will say um, obviously couldn't have done it without you kiddo um, <laughs> um, and no I don't believe that I put James Seltzer on the map uh-huh. I would say that James Seltzer put me on the map and thus we have created a beautiful podcast. Here, yeah, I would say you put yourself. I put. I would say you put yourself on the map. I just got your foot in the door. That's it. Look at this. What a wholesome end to this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of wholesome ends, here's how I really want to end it. And if you have anything else, you could say it. But, but do you have anything else you want to say? Because I have one last thing. All right. My final thought. Yes. See, you don't have to ask me. My my final thought is, I'm okay with the Justin Crawford pick. I love okay. that, buddy. I and my that. other final thought is I need your boy to hit at least 340 in the second half to make up for the Phillies having to go like 70-some picks until yeah. their next pick, which I is just – it couldn't crush my soul more, uh, more. Like I don't care about the first round. I genuinely don't. I just want to fast forward to the third through fifth rounds where I can find some like studs. So yeah. um, it's on you. And yep. um, yep. Uh-huh. if, but in the third round, the Phils walk out of it with Tyler Locklear, Ivan Melendez, Andrew Walters. Like I will be doing jumping jacks. So, um, you know, much like last year, I was kind of questionable on the first round pick, and then everything after that was like, okay, everything's fine. So that's where I'm at. I hope you have a great rest of your draft night. Uh, I I hope that. I can see the picks tomorrow. If I can't, I will be losing my mind. But other than that, have a great week off, pal. I love that, buddy. You too. We'll be back, like we said, uh, basically a week from now. And um, I want to end with this in one sec, but I, I will just acknowledge, trust me, buddy, there is no one whose soul is killed more by Nick Castellanos on a nightly basis. Like, I loathe him. Okay, I think he seems like a fine person as a baseball player right now. I loathe him. He makes my heart hurt. All right, that's how I feel about Nick Castellanos. So I'm right there with you, buddy. But me being the magnanimous teammate, friend, you know, you know, get your foot in the door guy that I am, I'm actually going to end with your guy. The guy, Kyle Schwarber, just Alex Coffey put this quote out, and you're talking about wholesome, and it's just talking about how I'm with you. I, I'm excited about this team. They're six games above 500. They're tied for the playoff spot going into the a second-half schedule that is super easy, and this team has beaten 
bad teams more often than not this year. Outside of the Rangers, a weird thing with the Rangers, and the Rangers aren't horrible, but um, you know they've they've handled the Nationals. They got some bad teams coming up. Um, so Jack, I wanted to end with this quote from Kyle Schwarber that Alex Coffey put out. That's just it's exactly what I wanted to hear tonight heading into the All Star break. He goes. I think it's how we envisioned it. There's going to be good months and bad months. We were all figuring it out early on, and to see the way everyone has rallied around the group, it's just cool to see how this group has become become such a team now. Everyone loves each other. Like, I'm, I'm in, dude. Like, give me more of that, Kyle Schwarber. Like, I'm like... I mean, feeling it. I'm listen, feeling it, Jack. That's what I want. I want a team that loves each other. I want a, I want a, I want a culture thing. I'm ready. Let's go. I know. I can feel it. I can feel it with you. Like, oh, like, <laughs> this is something that really pulls at your heartstrings. I know. Can we just like stop the charade? I mean, Kyle Schwarber's the manager of this baseball team, right? <laughs> First player manager is yeah. Bill Russell in the yeah. four major sports in America. And unlike unlike Bill Russell, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is actually good at his sport. So, like, wow, you know, um, just threw that in right at the end. <laughs> I like that. Just it in. That's good. Um. Yeah. Just make. Kyle, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is the 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 heartbeat of this team. He's honestly, he's lived up to everything we had expected. Um, to the more, first half, way more. Well, but like I mean, he's part an MVP of the, candidate, or at least he should be in my mind. Well, he's is he means batting two eight, but um, I don't care. <laughs> no. Um, but in all seriousness, like when we're talking about a winning culture, they need a winner in here. Like Schwarber has provided so much team leadership um and it's really the reason why i think we've seen this team not fold this last or well really ever since harper went out so shout out to the phils um sweeping the marlins something i never thought i'd see again especially in miami and uh man i I can't wait for friday to get the the second half started it's gonna be awesome we'll be back to talk about it after uh the games next weekend and speaking of kyle kyle Go beat Pete Alonso's ass, dude. Make it happen. He's Fritz himself. We'll talk to you guys in a week. <laughs>